All right, welcome everyone. You're, you're a part of this segment called The Dirty Secrets of the Financial Elite, which is a book that I wrote. And I'm going to share with you every week, twice a week, a chapter from that book. So you don't have to pay, you just listen and enjoy. And I'd love for as many people to have that opportunity because it's about achieving financial freedom in New Zealand, as well as protecting you from yourself in the sense. We have psychological and cognitive biases that let us down from time to time. And I just want to give you control over that and more clarity on what you want from life. So hope you enjoy it. And uh, this is the chapter for the day. This podcast was proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.nzaudioeditors.com. Ryan J. Melson and Greg Mole from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. In this podcast, we'll break down the psychological tools and financial framework you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. Chapter 10, Your Golden Years. The big R, no not me, that scary little thing I mentioned not too long ago. It's time we addressed it and sold your worries. The first thing we need to work out is how much money will you need for retirement? If you're unsure, go back to your expenditure calculations, but this time exclude the mortgage repayments or liabilities that ideally we should have paid off before starting our investment journey. Be generous though. Don't be afraid to add a bit extra just to be safe, as it's better to be over-prepared than under. Do you have your number yet? For the sake of explanation, I'm going to make the assumption that you need $60,000 per annum in today's money to have a comfortable retirement that you utilize KiwiSaver, invest in a growth fund, and retire in 20 years. The point of this is to show what such a strategy may look like and to get you thinking about how you might achieve the same result. Before we jump to those calculations, we need to do something advisors call the financial gap analysis. In this circumstance, I am working out how much of that $60,000 can be funded by your NZ pension. For a couple over 65, their after-tax income is approximately 32000 total per annum, which leaves you with a shortfall of 28000 that needs to be funded by your investments. So, once again, that's a net NZ superannuation of approximately 32000 total per year. The shortfall funded by your investments will be 28000 which will give you a total net income, so after-tax, of $60,000. Once again, we're getting stuck into some very dry content, but this is just a bit of a temporary suffering for the sake of long-term fulfillment, so let's continue with this example and make some assumptions. Firstly, the growth fund. Invest $120,000, save $6,000 a year into it until your retirement, a real return after tax, fees, and inflation of 3% per annum, and you withdraw 28000 per year from age 65 to age 90 to fund the gap. Now your KiwiSaver growth fund. The current balance we're assuming is $15,000. Your gross income is $60,000. And you're making a contribution, the minimum contribution of 3% from you and your employer. And you're getting a real return of 3%. 
For the specifics and the layout and how that looks, just have a have a look at that PDF that's attached to this audiobook. But just a summary, as you can see by taking this approach, you could comfortably fund your retirement until age 90. It's also worth noting that $120,000 was a randomly selected number. If you do not have that amount of money, don't stress. You can still achieve the same result if you save more, start earlier, or acquire less income in retirement. This, if anything, is just to show the power of the eighth wonder of the world, compounding interest. I could have shown you the nominal return to really illustrate the significance of this. The reason for using a real return is that over time, your withdrawal amounts will increase to match the rising cost of living. By including inflation in the returns, it means that the increase in your cost of living is accounted for in the calculations. At any time as well, you can withdraw more money or close the portfolio, though always be mindful to do this on a gain, not a loss if possible. This flexibility is essential once again since we can never truly know what is around the corner, despite what all the economists and your favorite newspapers like to say. Now that being said, it is vital that when you make a deposit or withdraw money, you do it consistently. The reason for this is due to something called dollar cost averaging. The concept of this is based on the assumption that you contribute a fixed dollar amount, usually monthly. What this means is by always adding the same amount, the volume of which you can buy may increase or decrease depending on the price of the investment at the time. Just imagine that every month you go grocery shopping. You have a budget of $600 each time. Some months the things you want are on sale so you can buy more. Other months it's more expensive so you buy less. This allows you in investing to make the most of the ups and downs, bargain hunting without even knowing that you are. Take a look. So let's say on April 1st the share price was $20. You only put in 1000 so that means you could buy 50 shares. Then the next month, May 1st, the share price is $15, which will enable you with $1,000 to buy 66.6 reoccurring shares. On June 1st, once again, you put in $1,000, the share price is $10, so that's 100 shares you got. July 1st, share price is $18, you spend $1,000 again, which enables you to buy 55.55 reoccurring shares. So if you calculate the average of that strategy, by the end, the average price per share is only $14.69. As you remember, $20 was a share price on April 1st, $15 May 1st, $10 June 1st, and $18 July 1st. So, as you can see, it's a lot cheaper than the majority of the share price during that time. So as you can see from this demonstration, you managed to get a lower overall price than most of the options. This, when combined with all other 1%ers of investing know-how, start to make a real difference to the betterment of your financial future. The next step of this adventure is finding the right investment strategy for you as an individual. I can never truly understand your personal situation without taking the time to get to know you. But I hope the overview of which I speak adds value to your circumstances and provides you the right tools to achieve the outcome you want. Part of achieving this though is not only having the right investment strategy, but also preparing you to face the uncertainty of life. In the next few chapters of this book, I want to break down the psychological quirks of the human condition that lead us to making bad financial decisions as well as providing you with a rigid framework to predict against adversity. <laughs>